0: Welcome in, everybody, to Fantasy Pros. This is the Fantasy Football Podcast. It is me, Joey P., Joe P. and it's time for an important look at the Nick Chubb situation. This is not the microcast that Pat Fitzmaurice and I wanted to be doing today. Uh, A terrible injury last night to Nick Chubb. Certainly looks like season-ending and possibly even career-threatening, which is even sadder. Nick Chubb, since he's come in the league, Pat has been one of, if not the most proficient, pure running back in the league, Uh, I know everybody, including myself and you, have very high expectations for him this season, and now we're only in week two, and we can add him to the list of big-time running backs that we're not going to see for a long time, but with Nick Chubb, it's going to be for a while, and I know last night, you know, we did see Ford step in there, so Jerome Ford is a guy that I know a lot of people are talking about. We want to discuss the options, because let's kind of address it from the top, Pat, You can't just wave a magic wand and replace Nick Chubb's productivity. It doesn't happen. He's one of the best RBs in fantasy. So where do people go from here? Let's start with Jerome Ford, Pat. Good game last night. Do you believe that Jerome Ford is the answer? And should people be emptying the fab tank, especially if they have Chubb to get him?
1: Well, Joe, as you mentioned, I mean, Nick Chubb has been one of the most reliable sources of fantasy points in our silly little game. I mean, just this uh, reliable weekly wellspring of points. So, yeah, it's going to be hard to um, adequately replace that. And I think we're just talking about, you know, how what percent of Nick Chubb's production we might be able to get from Jerome Ford and um You know, even taking the realistic view that maybe at best we're talking like 75% at best, um, I still think that makes Ford the priority waiver addition this week. Mm -hmm. And I I think his true value is maybe like 25% of your budget. But um, in most leagues, I think it's going to require probably closer to 40% of your budget just to get him because someone is going to be desperate out there. Someone is the, um, the Nick Chubb investor who didn't handcuff or uh, someone else who's hurting at, at running back, the Saquon Barkley investor who's looking at week three not having him or, uh, you know, someone who went zero RB. So there's going to be a lot of competition on the waiver wire. And I do think Ford's a worthy target. We saw him rack up 20, fan, uh, 20 PPR points after Nick Chubb went down in that game. And like, I I don't think he's going to do that every week, of course, but um, you know, he is for now, at least the
0: clear option there. Yeah. Last night, 16 attempts, 106 rushing yards. Uh, He also had three receptions on four targets and the touchdown. So it was a big night. He actually finished as RB six on the week. I had people already asking me, Hey, I've got 80 bucks left. I'm going to spend all 80. Is that cool? And (laughs) you know, it's hard to say no, if you're the Chub manager. It, it's a tough situation to be in Pierre Strong, also in this backfield. I, before we, you know, kind of move past this Browns situation in the in the very short term, because now we're all trying to just manage ahead of the week, it also begs the question, I know a lot of people, and I saw it on on Twitter or X, I saw it on a bunch of different, you know, platforms, people talking about, well, Kareem Hunt. If Kareem Hunt was the answer for the Browns, Kareem Hunt would have been with the Browns. They were trying to get rid of Kareem Hunt last year. I think this is a Fool's gold situation for people throwing money on Kareem Hunt. I know people brought up Leonard Fournette. I mean, there's a reason why the NFL leaves some of these older running backs alone. Do you see the Browns making any move like that? Or you think, no, this is Jerome Ford's backfield with a little bit of Pierre Strong, and maybe they'll elevate somebody else? We had a report maybe a month ago,
1: Joe, that the Browns thought um, the People in the Browns front office thought that maybe Kareem Hunt had lost a step and didn't have the same burst he used to. Now, I don't know. Uh, I can't remember the source of that report, and I I don't know the veracity of it. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, obviously they have been very passive about re-signing Kareem Hunt all offseason. So it
0: it seems— As has every other team in the league, for the record— and I think that's the thing you should look at, too. It's not like Kareem Hunt didn't have visits or talk to other teams. Ezekiel Elliott found a home. Look, he's looked pretty terrible so far this year. So, I mean, if, if, if that's the standard here in which we're looking around, if the, if the Browns didn't want him and nobody else wanted him, why does all of a sudden somebody want him now?
1: Right. Hunt went to Minnesota. Nothing materialized there. I don't know if he f- just feels he was being lowballed with offers or if there was uh, legitimately no interest. From teams, I I do think he signs somewhere eventually, Joe. But I mean, it might it, it's a little pie in the sky to think he is going to come in in week three or later and immediately provide a lot of value, like immediately have a big workload. They're gonna have to ramp him up. and And let's say hypothetically, it was the Browns who brought him back. The Browns have a really tough matchup this week against the Titans and then um kind of a tricky matchup in week four, two, then they go and buy in week five. So at the very earliest, you'd be talking about maybe hunt being playable in week six. And even then Joe, I mean, I think he's clearly going to be behind Ford on the depth chart if he does come in. But like you said, I mean, I, I think it's probably sub 50, 50, maybe sub 20% that the Browns actually reach out to him and re-sign him.
0: Now, free agency is not the only way to replace potentially Nick Chubb. There's also trade targets. Uh, One I want to bring up, which I know people are going to roll their eyes because Najee Harris has a combined eight half PPR points in two weeks. But if you look, he had the San Francisco 49ers run defense. And then last night a Cleveland Browns defense, it's very good. Next week he gets the Las Vegas Raiders. And then after that he gets the Houston Texans. So if there was ever a buy low candidate, Pat, in my opinion, Najee Harris is that guy that you might be able to get for a song And it's not like they're going to all of a sudden not commit to the run anymore in Pittsburgh. I mean, especially with Deontay Johnson out, I think Cam Akers right now, his value is kind of in flux. He is a potential trade candidate in the NFL, but also in fantasy. Are there any other buy lows that you see out there at the running back position where you might be able to steal away somebody who's being underappreciated, undervalued, and maybe fix your Nick Chubb situation?
1: Yeah. Najee is a good one, Joe. I mean, he, he belongs at the top of the list and I know he's not super efficient, so he is not going mm-hmm. to be a darling of some fantasy analyst, <laughs> right. but I mean, like I see the, the historical parallel here as being Jerome Bettis, who, uh, you know, was not like the most efficient, just kind of a, this in between the tackles guy, not super exciting, not a a super high yards per carry. But all Jerome Bettis did was provide like consistently valuable fantasy production for a while. And no, I mean, Harris investors haven't gotten that yet so far. And and, you know, we hate the Matt Canada offense and all that, but it has been a couple of really tough matchups. I do think things get better for Najee. So that's a good option. There are other distressed assets out there, Joe, that uh might make decent buy low targets. Alexander Madison investors haven't exactly gotten what too. they were looking for. Uh Damian Pierce, I mean, I I tweeted mm-hmm. this out so far. Like the Texans have had a patchwork offensive line due to injuries so far. I think things are going to get better for them. And uh, you know, I I tweeted on Sunday that every Damian Pierce carries look like a Bruce Lee fight scene with, with guys just coming from every angle the minute Pierce has the ball in his hands. So I, I do think that's going to get better as that offensive line gets healthier. And I do believe in the the talent for Damian Pierce. I think he's a pretty good by-low target right now.
0: What about Brees Hall coming off a really bad game against Dallas and you get New England this week? So things don't necessarily look like they might get better for that Jets offense. After that, Kansas City, Denver, Philadelphia. They have got some tough defenses. You know, Brees Hall coming off a less than thrilling performance, you know, four attempts for nine yards and uh, demanding the football more uh, after that incredible splash game in week one where he had a couple big runs. Is Hall another guy that you might be able to pry away when people look at the schedule and maybe some casual fantasy owners panic based on what they saw in week two with Zach Wilson running the offense? Because I would take advantage of that panic.
1: Yeah, is it worth trying to get him? Yes, absolutely. Brees Hall is special. And last year, before the injury, we saw him produce with – bad quarterback. So I think he can do it. Um, But I don't know how easy it's going to be to get him from the Brees Hall investors because they sort of, I think a lot of them bought in knowing it was going to be sort of a slow ramp up in September. So I don't think they were expecting a windfall of points. Now, maybe they were disappointed in week two after getting the big splash in week one. But, um, you know, I, I don't think you're going to see a lot of disgruntled Brees Hall stakeholders right now looking to get rid of him.
0: And as we spoke about yesterday on the waiver wire podcast, we talked about Roshan Johnson. We talked about uh, Chuba Hubbard. We talked about Zach Moss. So there's other guys out there that aren't Jerome Ford this week too, to plug those holes. If you had to have one, the rest of the season of the guys that are, you know, 50% ish or below rostered is Roshan the most, uh, I would say sought after target to replace your Nick Chubb situation.
1: Yeah, I think he is because he's going to have weekly playability. He will have a role in that. And then it's possible um, because he does have such a broad skill set. He can catch. He's a really willing and able blocker. So maybe at some point they really start to turn the dials on this backfield toward Roshan and uh, dial down the usage for Khalil Herbert. Um, You know, but like other options, Chuba Hubbard. Is widely available. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think he's got some standalone value. Plus, he's a a lottery ticket if anything happens to Miles Sanders. But I do think it's probably Roshan as the number two target. And uh, maybe we should spend another second on Pierre Strong, Joe. Like, uh, I mean, I do think Ford is clearly ahead. Like, they've set the depth chart. And um, it was less than a month ago that the Browns did trade for Pierre Strong. They sent um, a backup offensive tackle. I think it was uh, Tyrone Wheatley Jr. to the Patriots, four strong. But it's worth noting that strong and Ford were in the same draft
0: class and strong was actually drafted earlier he was strong is fast he's got good hands a lot of people thought he was going to take that James White role from the Patriots backfield but it just never materialized and Ramondre Stevenson is just the guy who could do it all so I think it wasn't so much an indictment on strong so much as hey we're going to go with Ramondre so why are we keeping this guy on the roster
1: yeah and I mean strong uh, only 10 carries as a rookie but 10 pretty good carries produced 100 (laughs) yards and a touchdown so uh, the only thing is like played at South Dakota State So he played his college career against lesser competition, whereas Ford really only one year big time college production. But it was quite a year at Cincinnati, like uh, 1300 rushing yards, 19 touchdowns like Ford has enough size. Like he's not big, but he's big enough. He's not Mm -hmm. a sub 200 pound guy. So you're not really worried about him holding up. And he is fast. And we saw that on that long run. I know he got tripped up and, uh, you know, went down like at the one foot line. But
0: he has got good speed. All right. Uh, remember, everybody, make sure that using my playbook, the waiver assistant, make sure you're listening to the podcast and utilizing the tools of fantasy pros in order to find these guys in your league that are available. Yeah, it's been a tough week. Eckler was out this week. Chubb now out for the season. Barkley's going to miss a few weeks. Uh, it, it's been a rough go here in the beginning. Jamal Williams got hurt last night. David Montgomery, Aaron Jones. Boy, oh boy, wide receiver builds are looking pretty good right now. Those early running backs definitely taking its toll. Last question, Pat, you are the host of the Dynasty podcast, along with Scott Bogman here in the offseason of Fantasy Pros. What's the long-term outlook now? This is the second of this nature of injury on the same knee for Nick Chubb. Is this, again, career-threatening in the sense that your expectations should be very low on what you get out of him anywhere else the rest of his career if he does make it back?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely career-threatening, Joe. And I, I suppose we should wait for the medical evaluation uh, later in the week when the injury docs hear what the real docs have to say and start weighing in. And, um, yeah, I, like I, I don't think people should expect to have Nick Chubb going forward. It's really, it's really disappointing the way he came back from that major knee injury and had been so productive, and, and now he's got another. It's just not looking good long term.
0: Well, uh, again, very sad circumstances. We're big fans of Nick Chubb, and look, we're big fans of football. We want the best football players playing at all times, but this was an important conversation we had to have today. Again, utilize the tools over at My Playbook. Utilize all the waiver wire insights. I you know Pat's been updating everything on the waiver wire column, so make sure you check that out at FantasyPros.com. Again, download My Playbook for free. FantasyPros.com/slash/MyPlaybook. That's what you got to use. And we'll be live at 3 p.m on the YouTube channel subscribe there we'll be taking your questions on Tuesday 3 p.m live and on Thursday 3 p.m eastern live so check us out there as well that'll do it for us but the story of the game goes on for Pat I'm Joey P we'll see you next time kids
1: thank you for listening to the fantasy pros football podcast follow us on Twitter and Instagram at fantasy pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros